That's fine. We shift gear. So last week, uh, we uh, expressed mixed reactions uh, as South Africans in uh, hearing the news that children uh, from 12 upwards are taking part in the Sinovac COVID-19 trial. Uh, the first group, in fact, of children uh, took part in the trial at the Svagomakato Health Sciences University in Pretoria. On the other hand, uh, the South African Health Products Authority, SAPRA, uh, says it's approved the use of the Pfizer vaccine for children that are 12 years and over. Uh, let's catch up now to find out where we are in terms of vaccinations and how the process of vaccinations is uh, going. Uh, Dr. Lisa Bram- Bamford, I'm sorry, is the acting chief director for child health in the National Department of Health. Dr. Bamford, good morning. Thank you for your time. Let's start with with reports of uh, China's Sinovac uh, trials on children. Uh, what is that about? And and what informed the decision specifically to uh, center those trials around Sinovac? Uh, good morning, and uh, good morning to the listeners. So in terms of uh, vaccinating children, and particularly with regards to uh, clinical trials being conducted uh, in children, so... so Let's just be clear about the the overall context. So uh, vaccination trials, particularly with uh, COVID-19 vaccines, because we have in the first instance uh, targeted adults, uh, these trials were first conducted uh, in adults. Now they have been uh, shown to be safe and effective uh, in in adults. Uh, The manufacturers are now are very keen to conduct uh, trials in in children. Uh, as I say, we first uh, established uh, safety and efficacy in effectiveness in, in adults, and now all over the world, uh, trials are being conducted on a number of vaccines uh, to make to see if they are uh, safe and effective in children. Because we do anticipate that uh, in the future we will need to uh, vaccinate children. Yeah, so, uh, but I, I asked I asked the sign of a question because uh, predominantly the vaccines that we've used up to now, uh, mostly in South Africa, has been Pfizer and J and J. Hence, of course, I I I narrowed my questions around why it was that uh, we start the children's trial because the Pfizer uh, children's trial were not done in our country; they were done in the U.S. So that's why I wanted to zone in on why it is that we starting with uh, Zion. Sinovac in our country? So from the uh, National Department um, of Health perspective, um, our role is to ensure that there is a regulatory uh, framework in place so that any uh, clinical trials uh, that are done are conducted um, appropriately and and, uh, ethically. Uh, So we are not uh, directly uh, involved in whether clinical trials um, are done, uh, where those clinical trials are done, um, and those are um, overseen uh, by uh, SAPRA. So mm. uh, the discussions between the clinical or uh, the decision to uh, conduct uh, that particular clinical trial uh, in South Africa is a discussion between the manufacturers, the researchers, and mm. SAPRA. Mm. 
Mm. Uh, it is a global trial that is being uh, conducted um, in a number of countries. Mm. Um, and, and as I say, uh, the department is uh, aware of the trial, mm-hmm. uh, but we are not uh, involved in the processes of uh, specifically uh, approving uh, individual uh, clinical trials. Mm, mm. So it looks like also then with, uh, you know, Pfizer approving uh, the use of their vaccines uh, with uh, over 12s, uh, from from children over 12, it looks like uh, the potential of, uh, you know, uh, a global scale vaccination process uh, for most countries for over 12s uh, is on our cards. In our specific country, uh, with uh, the kind of hesitancy we've faced, because we've faced a lot of vaccine hesitancy in our country, do you think we're ready to vaccinate over 12s? So let's just be be clear about the the process. So the first step that has to happen is that the vaccines have to um, obtain regulatory approval. Mm. So, um, as you correctly point out, uh, Pfizer has now been uh, approved by SAPRA uh, for use in children 12 years and older. Mm. The the next step is then a policy decision uh, from in in terms of where we potentially see these vaccines uh, sitting in our overall uh, vaccine rollout. Mm. So, so currently, uh, this issue is, is being discussed. Uh, there are reasons uh, why we might want to vaccinate children. Uh, we did see that in the third wave, uh, a lot of particularly adolescents were uh, infected uh, with COVID, uh-huh. uh, some of them uh, seriously uh, requiring um, ICU admission, uh, and there were some deaths in uh, children and adolescents from COVID. There's also concern that adolescents and children may be playing an important role uh, in terms of transmitting uh, COVID to older people who may be much more vulnerable. Mm. So there are there are really a whole number of issues that need to be considered uh, in making a decision as to whether we should uh, extend the vaccine rollout uh, to include uh, adolescents particularly so that would be uh, children between uh, 12 and 17 years Mm. who are currently not part of the vaccine rollout. The Sinovac trial, uh, the one that we started our conversation uh, talking about, that would be the first one uh, that is uh, conducted on children in our country, am I correct? And what are we hoping to achieve from the results of that trial? So the purpose of, of clinical trials uh, is to understand uh, whether vaccines are uh, safe and effective. So in essence, to gain evidence, to generate evidence mm. about uh, whether the vaccines work and um, how well they work. Obviously, uh, clinical trials have to be uh, conducted in very specific ways uh, to uh, ensure the safety of people who, who participate in them. Um, but before a vaccine uh, can be registered for use, uh, there needs to be strong evidence that it is uh, safe and effective. Mm. 
Mm. And that's where clinical trials really play an important part to generate uh, the evidence uh, as indicated. Um, currently, this trial is looking to to generate evidence uh, as to whether the Sinovac vaccine uh, should be uh, registered for use uh, in people younger than 18 years of age. Mm. How long does the process take? I mean, how long are these, you know, are these trials going to be done for? And and, and after that, or, or how long does it take to get to some sort of conclusion uh, for Sinovac as to whether or not they're good enough for use for children over 12? So it's difficult to put an exact uh, time frame. Uh, usually, clinical trials aim to recruit a certain number of participants, um, and so the time period that they take is, is really linked to how long it takes to uh, recruit uh, the number of participants mm. and how long the follow-up uh, period is uh, during which they are uh, the trial is measuring the uh, effectiveness of the vaccine. Mm, so, mm. so normally that uh, period would be uh, measured in in months. Yeah. What what kind of conversations are you having? Um, you know, at the Department of 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 Health, at the National Department of Health, around children and 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 vaccinations, notwithstanding, uh, you know, uh, any uh, SAPRA approval or 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 trial that Sinovac is doing at this stage, at this earlier stage. And I know it may be early for me to ask this uh, question of you, but I think people are curious, especially concerned during uh, the trials that started at Sefako Makato. What kind of conversations at this earlier stage are you having uh, as the ministry? So in terms of the, the trial, as I, as I indicated, um, our role is to make sure that uh, there is an appropriate regulatory uh, framework and that that framework is, is followed so that any clinical trial uh, that is conducted is done uh, in a safe uh, and appropriate manner. Uh, once vaccines are registered uh, for use in a particular age group, mm. uh, the department, uh, in consultation with other stakeholders, they need to look at uh, making a policy decision as to uh, whether the rollout should be extended to additional groups mm-hmm. and, and how that might be done. Uh, so, as I indicated, the, the issues that we that we need to look at is um, the incidence and severity of infection uh, in children and adolescents. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to, of course, be uh, convinced that the uh, vaccine would be uh, safe and effective. Mm. And we need to look at some of the operational issues uh, related to the program itself. Yeah, uh, we know that uh, coverage rates remain uh, suboptimal in some of the high risk groups. So we need to take that into consideration. Should we uh, continue to focus exclusively on the uh, higher risk groups, mm-hmm. or should we be opening up uh, to 
um, additional age groups, providing that we have evidence of uh, safety and effectiveness in those groups. And and is are your conversations uh, skewed differently now that uh, SAPRA, uh, the South African Health Products Authority, has approved the use specifically of Pfizer for 12s and over? So yes, that does uh, change the discussion because now we do have uh, an an option. And if the uh, policy decision was to uh, vaccinate uh, adolescents, mm. then we would be able to move more quickly uh, in terms of uh, implementing that. Mm-hmm. So it certainly plays a role uh, in the discussion. Um, but, but as I've indicated, it is not the, the only factor. Yeah. Uh, there are a number of factors that need to be considered in making uh, these important decisions. Mm-hmm. And there are a number of very important role players in these decisions. So we are advised by our Vaccine Ministerial Advisory uh, Committee. Uh, the final decisions around issues related to the vaccine rollout uh, are also made by the uh, Interministerial Committee. Uh, mm. In terms of numbers, because I'm assuming numbers are, are important in the decisions that you make, do we conclusively know um, at the height of Delta uh, how many children or 12s and overs uh, were affected by COVID in our country? So we know that uh, during the uh, uh, third wave, we certainly saw uh, a relatively a higher proportion of the overall number of cases were in uh, children and um, adolescents. Most of those cases, as we know, uh, severe cases, um, but we did see uh, more deaths among uh, children and adolescents in the third wave than we had in the previous two waves. Mm. Um, and so, so that, uh, of course, does... Um, uh, factor into our decision making. We, we did not see evidence that the Delta infection was uh, more severe in children, mm-hmm. uh, but we did see that uh, there were more cases um, and they contributed um, a higher proportion of the um, overall cases. So um, as uh, we get in uh, on Monday after the president's address yesterday, uh, a couple of things came out of uh, that address. Uh, one of them, of course, uh, Dr. Joe Pata started talking about last Friday um, in the ministerial address on COVID, uh, the issue of uh, digital certificates, for example, for I suppose including adult uh, of uh, for adults who are vaccinated. How is that? going to work? Because it seems to worry some people. So this is still a work in progress, and we certainly don't have um, all the answers. But uh, the Department of Health has been uh, requested to to uh, work on uh, vaccination uh, certificates. And we so, so remember that we already uh, provide people with some proof of vaccination. Yes, yes. Anyone who has been vaccinated uh, receives a, a vaccination card, mm-hmm. and they also receive an SMS uh, after each dose of uh, vaccination. Uh, one in the case of Johnson & Johnson, and uh, after each dose, if they have the two-dose uh, Pfizer schedule. Mm-hmm. 
So increasingly, um, we are seeing, uh, you know, in other countries, they are um, able to open up uh, sports events, other social gatherings, uh, because more people um, are vaccinated. And so now we're looking much more closely um, at this notion. Um, And as I've indicated, we are working on being able to uh, generate a digital uh, vaccination certificate, uh, which in all likelihood going forward, uh, people will then uh, be able to use to access uh, certain uh, social activities, such as uh, sports matches um, or other events. Uh, We are also seeing in the private sector that some companies are announcing uh, incentives uh, or entry into a draw uh, if a person is vaccinated. So all of this requires that there is some form of uh, vaccine uh, certificate which uh, proves that someone is vaccinated so that they can uh, benefit from these uh, incentives. Yeah. There's fears uh, of a fourth wave. Uh, what should we what we be worried about, if at all, as we round off our conversation, Dr. Bamford? So our advice really uh, remains the same. Uh, the best way that people can protect themselves uh, during the fourth wave that will almost certainly uh, come at some point is to be vaccinated. Uh, other interventions remain the same the non-pharmaceutical uh, interventions, um, avoiding uh, large gatherings, particularly in uh, underventilated, uh, so maintaining uh, social distancing, uh, sanitizing, uh, and wearing masks. Yeah. And those really are the ways that we will uh, delay and uh, flatten the curve of the short wave. Yeah. But vaccination remains uh, extremely important and we would uh, really recommend and encourage people who have not vaccinated to come forward and be vaccinated. Okay, we have to leave it here. Time is no longer on my side. Thank you. Dr. Leslie Bamford is the Acting Chief Director for Child Health in the National Department of Health. Uh, uh, we're going to go to news headlines now and Musa is standing by at 10.31.